Is your work attire causing a style fever? The cure is clear, my friend. The Pinktastic Scrubs and Accessories from Biscare. Their collaboration with the National Breast Cancer Foundation isn't just a fashion statement, my friend. It's a prescription for change. A portion of each sale supports the National Breast Cancer Foundation. BizCare is thrilled to announce that they're sponsoring this episode of the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Visit liamcaswell.com forward slash bizcare to find your nearest stockist. Remember, the best things in life are worth talking about. Talk to your friends, family, patients and colleagues about breast cancer prevention today. Every action creates a result for our patients and we are in control. We are in power when it comes to looking after our patients and they need us to show up and care for them in a really, really preventative and safe way. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Today, we are talking all things shame and nursing. I know it sounds exciting, doesn't it? But here's why I think this is super important to talk about. I'm going to share a story with you today of my own personal experiences of shame and nursing. And I'm sure this will resonate with many of you. Now, I want to set the scene. I want you to think about you're sitting at the dinner table. You're sitting with people that are your friends and family. And somebody says, what do you do? Or you've met somebody new and they say, what do you do? And you say, I'm a nurse. And they go, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Oh, we need people like you. And then it usually follows with, oh my God, my uncle's in the hospital at the moment. And this happened. And the nurse is amazing, but he's having a really tough time. Does this just happen to me or does it happen to you as well? I'm on a little bit of a rant today. So if you're not in the mood for it, I hear you, feel you, please check out. That's totally fine. But I think that there's something of value in here to acknowledge. So let me tell you a story about my uncle who is in hospital at the moment and the shame that I have currently around being a nurse. So hear me out. I absolutely love nursing. I love what nursing has given me. I've loved my nursing career. But what I don't love is that there are nurses out there that don't want to do their best, that don't want to come to work to over deliver and to really look after the people there. And they'd rather spend hours of their life whinging, complaining, bitching about what's not happening or what's not working in healthcare instead of actually making some change and contributing and serving. Our job as nurses is to serve our people. That's why we go to work every day. Your job as a teacher is to serve the children. Your job as a nurse is to serve the humans that are sick. So I get it. We have huge problems in the system, right? We have overworking. We have no boundaries. We have bad leadership. We have all of the things were underpaid. I hear you, I see you, I feel you, I've experienced it, and I wish I could wave my magic nursing wand and fix it all, but I can't. But what really, really just gets under my skin is when we have experiences of bad nursing care, especially when you're a nurse and you have a family member go through it. And this for me, like, just triggers so much of my PTSD from my nursing leadership career. Because when I was a nun, every day I was exposed to bad nursing care. My team were incredible. I'm not shitting on my team. They were amazing and they were working really well under the pressure. 
But when we miss simple things like brushing people's teeth or we don't do the basic care and deliver the basic care needs that people need and want, I get really annoyed. I get super, super annoyed. And I can't tell you how many times I went to a senior nursing meeting where in the room it would have cost us probably $10,000, maybe more, to have everybody in that room for the day to try and work out how we would improve healthcare. And it always came back to let's get better at the basics. Why is that so? Because we're just not good. We're not prioritizing the basics. Because we think that learning to do an ABG and understanding acid-based balance when you work in geriatric rehab is more important than learning how to stage a pressure ulcer. So my uncle is in a nursing home in the UK. And he's actually in the nursing home that my mum worked in that she no longer works in, but I used to go there as a kid. I used to go there before and after school because mum worked there and I used to sit in the tea room and it's a bit of a sad story, but that's where my love of helping people came from. So my uncle was like 90s in his early 90s. He's had an incredible life. And he, up until about a year and a half ago, was fully functioning, absolutely no issues, independent, driving, would drive two hours to Edinburgh from my hometown, you know, windy roads, I like played bowls every week, did his own growth, no help, has lots of medical issues, but no help at home, like fully functioning. And then he tripped over something in a shopping supermarket car park in a disabled car space, just really, really bad luck. And everything just escalated from there. We all know this story. These are our patients every day. But when you experience it on the other side, it just brought through this deep sense of shame for me. And I wanted to share it. And I want to know if you experienced the same thing. So he fell, got admitted to hospital over a year and a half ago now, I think, maybe even longer. And since then, he has been struggling. His life has been a nightmare, in all honesty. He went into hospital immediately after this fracture. Fractured hip, dodgy knee, peripheral vascular disease, AF, you know, ex-smoking history, lots of things, right, that would add to his medical comorbidities, diabetic, excess sweets, all of the things, right, our patients. And he went into hospital, and within a couple of days of being there, he's the early 90s, he's very vulnerable, at a huge risk of pressure injury and pressure damage. He developed what I would call an unstageable pressure injury on his heel. Never had it before, never had a pressure injury in his life. Now, he spent a couple of weeks in that ward. It wasn't until my auntie identified that he needed a pressure injury. My auntie, who is not a nurse, identified that he needed a pressure mattress, that he actually got it. But by then, it was too late. Fast forward a year and a half, two years, he still has that pressure injury. It is still being mismanaged by the hospital. It is still not healing. It is actually getting worse, and now he has osteomyelitis in it. And he is on path to having it amputated. But they can't amputate his foot because he won't survive the operation. So instead, he has to suffer the pain every day. Now, I'm not blaming this on nurses. But I have a deep sense of shame when I think of this story. And I think of his experience and what he had to go through. And that of all of the people over the weeks that he was there, that not one of them used their critical thinking and their basic nursing skills to identify that this guy needed, this vulnerable patient needed an air mattress. I mean, that is a fundamental nursing. That is an issue. That is unacceptable in my experience. But this is not isolated, of course. Now, I can hear some of you 
the nurses are busy. They can't do... I get you. Like, I am a freaking nurse. Like, I'm fed up with people telling me what nursing is. Like, I know. I've done it for 12 years. Internationally. In more hospitals than most people have. I've seen the good and the bad and the ugly. But it's unacceptable. We cannot stand by and justify a pressure injury on a 93-year-old. That's okay. It totally changed his life. It ruined his life. Just simply because of every person that looked after him, they did not assess his skin. They did not use the critical thinking and think, oh my goodness, he needs a pressure relieving mattress. How is that acceptable? And when I first went through this experience, I was like, at the other side of the world, helpless, can't do a lot. They won't talk to me because I'm not next of kin. So then what do you do? So I'm consulting my family in the background, being like, you should do this. You should say this. You should write to the minister. You should do this. You should ask to speak to the nurse unit manager. Of course, none of these things worked. Because when they go into the hospital, everybody just fobs them off and says that they're too busy. So fast forward to recently, 2023, he's readmitted into the hospital. And he's readmitted with a couple of complications, but basically APO, he's on frusamide, he's like got a possibly like an aspiration pneumonia as well. And, you know, it's pretty grim. And my family are told, you know, it's really grim. He's in a geriatric ward. He's been in there now for like two and a half weeks. My auntie was like, Liam, I need to talk to you. I don't know what I'm doing, like what they're doing, what we should be doing. He's not for recess. Should we just pull the plug and get him back into the nursing home? By the way, I missed that important point. He was fully functioning, totally fine, until he got this pressure injury, which was a hospital-acquired pressure injury, and he is now in a nursing home. Can't drive, can't walk, wheelchair-bound, everybody needs to do everything for him. It's terrible. Like, I just feel such sadness. And I'm not just saying this because it's my uncle. These are our patients, why are we a nurse? Why even come to be a nurse if you choose to just actively disregard the thing that needs to be done? The basic fundamentals that our patients need. It is 100% unacceptable. I have huge problems in believing that this is totally normal, that this is acceptable, that you can use the excuse that we don't have enough staff. Because here's the thing, in a court of law, the judge does not give two shits about whether or not there are staff or not. They do not care. They will just sack you and take your registration away from you. So I'm like, oh my God, how many nurses, like if you really sat down and calculated it, how many nurses and healthcare workers looked after my uncle during that period of time? And what, what really, like, I'm like, who says that the registration shouldn't be in question? It's neglect. It is neglect at the highest form. Neglect. And it's so simple. You're telling me that no one assessed his skin? That no one had to do a waterloo? That no one had to do any kind of assessment? Of course they did. They just chose not to follow through. They just chose to put it in the too hard basket. They chose not to be a high performing nurse for their patient. They chose to let the overstaffing and the being overworked and all of that cloud their judgment and put their registration at risk that they worked for for so long. I'll get off my soapbox soon. So he is now in this hospital. He's back in the hospital. He's getting terrible care again. He's getting neglected. And that's factual. Now, the situation is that he is my auntie says to the doctor what's going on doctor's like oh it's pretty grim his kidneys are failing and i'm like okay why his kidneys are failing because he's on diuretics and you're not monitoring his fluid balance and he's got an apo he's not on a fluid restriction not that he's drinking too much anyway because he's on the wrong fluids because he should be on thickened fluids from his admission two years ago when speech paths on but no one's gone and looked at that and my auntie had to pick up on all of these problems. She had to remember from two years ago, whilst being the relative, not the healthcare worker, the relative, 
oh my god, he needs thickened fluids. So not until she said that did they do a speech path assessment, but no one questioned why he had a wet chest, despite having had two weeks of friggin' furosemide and diuretics and being so dry that he looked like a prune. No one was monitoring his fluid balance. They were feeding him normal diet, normal fluids. No one even thought to question his swallow, despite there being evidence in his notes that this had happened. So not only that, they said, oh, maybe it's time, maybe it's, you know, time to have this discussion, all of these things, his kidneys are failing. And I'm like, but we're forgetting to acknowledge here that his kidneys are failing because we have dry demand. That's why his kidneys are failing. But that doesn't come into the conversation. So my auntie thinks that he's actively dying. I'm like, no, he's not actively dying. We've just dried him out. He's a prune. His kidneys are not working. On top of that, they've thrown every antibiotic at him. On top of that, they've questioned whether he has osteomyelitis, but done no tests to identify whether it actually was osteomyelitis. And then to top it all off, my auntie comes in one day and he's been in for two weeks. And she looks at the bed and when she's had a minute to take a breath, she's like, oh my goodness, he doesn't have a freaking air mattress. He's been in bed for two weeks. So she pulls the curtains, she rolls him herself, and he's got a pressure injury on his sacrum that no one has told her about, no one has talked about, and he has not been out of bed. What is happening in healthcare? Seriously, I want your opinion. I would love to hear from you how we can justify this kind of care. All the excuses in the world do not justify neglect. We could not, in a court of law, justify what is happening to our patients. We could not. I don't have the answers. But what I do have is this deep sense of shame. Deep, deep sense of shame. I remember as a nurse being in situations where I knew I couldn't give the best care. I knew that I was in situations where my vulnerable patients were compromised. But at every occasion, at every point, I always, always tried my absolute best. I always over-delivered and over-communicated to my patients and to their relatives. I actively sought opportunities to go and talk to them and update them. I did not avoid them and hide. I did not fob them off. I did not pass them on to the doctor who doesn't know jack shit about the patient. I didn't do any of that. I always showed up and whether I was going to get shouted at or whether I was going to get commended or thanked or attacked, or abused, or questioned, I always showed up for my patients and the relatives. Every one of you has a story like this. Every one of you has an experience like this. And I urge you, I urge you to be, I don't know, I I urge you to just please, please, please give the patients and the relatives what they need and want when they come into the hospital. Now, my auntie is so lovely. She never loses her shit, but she lost her shit. And I understand now, being on the other side multiple times over the last few years, in a non-clinical capacity watching this unfold, why people get pissed off. Why people do get shitty with nurses. Now, I'm not saying it's nurses' fault. What I'm saying is that I can see why humans get annoyed. When the teeth aren't cleaned, their hair isn't brushed, they look like a mess in the bed. Their room is a pigsty. Like, it's an absolute pigsty. There's shit everywhere. You know, they're lying on a wet pad. They've got incontinence-associated dermatitis. Just think about it. It's so illogical for us to be like, oh, yeah, this patient's got a pressure injury, you know, whilst he's been... Like, we should be embarrassed. Like, we should be feeling the shame. We should be feeling all the shame. Like, as a nurse unit manager, I was mortified when I had to, to tell somebody, by the way, are you a relative that came in that was totally functioning, that's now leaving here with a pressure injury that they're going to have to manage for the next 6, 12, 18, maybe the rest of their life? Oh, just feel that for a minute. Just feel that 
when you're next thinking your nursery manager's shit or that they don't support you or they don't have, like, that's what they're going through. They're having to justify it. They're having to create some bullshit excuse to justify the level of care because they also want to have more staff. They also want people to get the best care. They want you to be able to thrive in your work, but they don't have the tools themselves to be able to support you to do the job that you need to do to support the patients. That is the reality of the system that we work in. I don't know what my message was today. My message was maybe to share my experience, to share a different perspective. My message is not to hate on nurses. My message is that maybe, like, I am ashamed at times to be a nurse. And I don't think that enough people talk about this. I don't think that this is just nursing. I think that teachers would feel shame at parent-teacher evenings when they can't over-deliver for the kids. Like, I feel like this would be across all industries. I don't think that there's something fundamentally wrong with nursing. But I don't know what we do to make this different. I think that we have a personal responsibility for the 6, 8, 10, 50, whatever number of patient you're looking after. We have a personal responsibility to make sure that when we show up at work, we show up. We are able to deliver the care that we want to deliver to our patients. That we are able to manage our mind and our thoughts and our feelings so that we can deliver the best amount of care. And not let the understaffing and all of that stop us from going above and beyond and trying our absolute best. We also have a responsibility to our patients to make sure that they get the care that they need. My uncle has been in a nursing home now for two years and he is a trooper. I have never understood the resilience that it takes when you've got all your faculties and then you get everything else removed from you. I think it's worth acknowledging that when we push those patients through the front doors of the hospital, that they are so vulnerable, they lose all of their power and they rock up and a new stranger every eight hours comes in and says, hey, Liam, it's time to get up. Hey, Liam, it's time to do this. It's time to do that. They lose all of their autonomy. They lose absolutely everything. And they place their trust with us. Complete strangers. If you have never been a patient in a hospital, I hope that you never are. But as somebody that has been over the last few years, personally, it is the most terrifying experience. Knowing what I know about healthcare, the lack of systems, the lack of support, the lack of commitment to patient safety and quality. Like, I'm literally terrified when I go in for a procedure or even just to my GP. I'm terrified, so I just don't know what I'm going to get. And just imagine what that's like for our patients. So I'm going to wrap up there. Shame, nursing, I'm feeling it at the moment. I'm feeling a deep sense of shame for the profession. I'm feeling shame as a nurse, as a bystander. I'm feeling shame for the fact that we just fob people off at times when it gets too much. And I'm feeling shame for the fact that as an industry, we don't see how much of a priority this is. And this is exactly why I do the work that I do. To help nurses understand the implications that occur when, like the things that happen when they don't manage their mind and they don't manage how they feel. Because when we don't manage our mind and we don't manage how we feel and we don't look at the actions that we take or the inactions... These are the results that we create for our patients. We actively participate in creating harm for others. And the last time I checked, it's a medical oath, but do no harm, I think is the kind of general theme in healthcare. But yet here we are. And we now have systems and structures in place, like the National Safety Quality Healthcare Standards, where we're actively measured against whether or not we create harm or we reduce harm. And even still with all of that, 
we're still having people walk out of hospital with unstageable injuries or God knows what else. Nurses, I urge you to look after yourself, look after, after your registration, to look after our patients, to talk to the relatives. Please do not fob them off. As a nurse unit manager, it just makes them more angry and then they just escalate. That's why people get shitty. Address it head on. Don't hide in the corner. Rock up to them as soon as they come in. Give them an update. They will be forever thankful and you will close so many gaps for them. Find the answers for people. Use your critical analysis skills. And if you're somebody that thinks that you need another certificate, another ECG course, another ABG interpretation course, advanced life support, and you are looking after people and you're contributing to their harm, you need to go back and learn the foundations. You need to go and do the basics. Do not overlook the basic foundations of nursing. They are your bread and butter and they are what save people. To wrap it up, if my uncle was put on an air mattress at the very start, he might still be walking today. He might still be driving. He might still have his quality of life. He might not have to live out the rest of his days in a nursing home. Just think about that. Every action creates a result for our patients and we are in control. We are in power when it comes to looking after our patients and they need us to show up and care for them in a really, really preventative and safe way. And currently, I'm just not sure. I just don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts. I know I shared a lot of personal opinions in this. This is my experience. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. <laughs> I'm getting a little fed up of people saying that they don't like what I have to say. It's why I have a platform. Create your own platform. Go and create your own pathway and platform. I do this not to shit on anybody. I firsthand know how hard it is. I do this because it's the unspoken. We're just not talking about it. And I, for one, at times, I'm ashamed to be a nurse. And I think that it's worth talking about. So I will see you in the next episode. Until then, look after yourself. Explore those feelings of shame. If they come up for you, I'm always here if you want to chat. Would love to hear your opinions and thoughts. Get in touch on Instagram at High Performance Nursing. And I'll see you in next week's episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. Hey, can I ask a favour? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.